This is Credo on Radio Maria. And on today's Credo, we have Father Alvin Iba. He is the parish priest for St. Mary's in Great Yarmouth and also the assistant priest with St. Peter's in Gorleston. He is tonight going to be speaking to us about loving one another as I have loved you. Good evening, Father Alvin. Thank you for the program. Good evening, Helena, and thanks for having me. And thanks, listeners, for um, joining us once again this evening for our program, Credo, um, this evening. And I believe that you are going to be blessed. Um, Amen. Listening. We are going to be yeah. blessed today. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the excitement already. <laughs> so... So welcome listeners, and before we start, I would like us to um, commit uh, this program into the hands of the Almighty Father and our teacher, the Holy Spirit. And we begin by saying, come Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of the faithful, and enkindling them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirits, and they shall be created, and you will renew the hearts of the faithful. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather once again this evening, we call upon you that you send your Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with the fire of your love. We will always know the need and the importance of not just loving you, our Savior, but also loving one another as you have loved us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to inspire us this evening as we continue to aspire so that we will not expire. And thank you for answering our prayers. And may all those who will listen this evening, be blessed by your eternal word. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, welcome once again, my dear friends, to our program today. Uh, last week, we um, reflected on how deep the Father's love for us is, and I believe a lot of people that listened to um, that talk last week, we were blessed and um, must have been reflecting and meditating on how deep um, God's love is for you, is for me. And today we will be reflecting on loving one another as God had loved us. And I want us to begin with a script as usual but today i would want you if it is possible get your bible wherever it is and keep it close to you or you can get the writing part because we'll be uh, reflecting more on the scriptures so i'm not going to be talking from 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 nowhere i'm going to base whatever i'm going to say today on the scripture so that you will say uh father alvin according to father alvin what you would say according to god's word because whatever we say is according to God's word. That's what he has given to us. And our opening scripture for today will be from the Gospel of John. John chapter 13, verse 34. If you have your pen and write it down, just put it down so that afterwards you can always go back and um, read more meditatively on on these passages that I'll be giving out this evening. And John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, Shall all men know that you are my disciples when you love one another? Now, I would want us to um, divide this 
particular passage into three. So the first, already we have three uh, sentences here, contained here. The first says, a new command I give you, love one another. One, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Two, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you love one another. Three. So let's take the first one. It says, a new command, I give you, love one another. A new command. Remember Jesus saying, I have not come to abolish the Lord. I have come to fulfill it. Now, generally, as human beings, the normal thing, and I believe even before the coming of Jesus, the normal thing is, you know, loving those that love you, loving those that love you, that's the normal thing. As human beings, we would always want to love those that love us, you know, give attention to those that give attention to us. That's the normal thing. But Jesus came and said, a new commandment. I know there have been a lot of commandments, but now a new commandment I give you. Love one another. And now why should you love one another? The second statement says, as I have loved you, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Look at, he didn't say, so you may love one another. He didn't say, so you may. It is not conditional. It is unconditional. He says, you must. That's why it is a command. You must, as I have loved you, reflected on God's love for us. So if we know that we are loved by God, then he says, you must, exactly the way I love you, love one another. And, you know, as good Christians, good Catholics, we say, yeah, after all, I love my parents, and as they love me, I love them back. I love my friends. Um, I love my neighbors. And by neighbors, those people who live around us, uh, that may be our impression. But Jesus is talking about love in a more radical way. Remember when this young man came to Jesus and asked him, Master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, you must love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with your soul, with your mind, your body, everything. And then the second resembles the first. And he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he asks, who is my neighbor? Because the normal definition of neighbor then is the people living you know, close to you, the people who are known to you. And Jesus told him the story of the good Samaritan. So that's person not known to you, that person who is in need, that person who has not spoken to you before, that person you have not even met before, there's no connection. That is the person Jesus is talking about. That hungry man, that hungry woman somewhere, that person who has hurt you so much, who has hurt you so much that you don't even want to have anything to do with this person, that's the person Jesus is talking about. So it's not just those, you know, who are close to us, those who are good to us, that we show our love. He says this love is unconditional. It has no limits. Just as I have loved you. So he did, uh, Jesus does not love us because we are good. He does not love us because we are righteous. He does not love us because we love him. The scripture says he has loved us first. I have loved you first. So even before we are born, even before we know what it means to love, we are already loved. Even in your mother's womb, you are loved. Remember last week I said, I quoted from the, the, the book of Jeremiah. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And he's saying the same love which you have received, don't hold it. Don't hold it. Don't keep it to yourself. Or don't save it for those who are known to you. 
for your family, for your friends, for those who have done good to you. He says to everybody, everyone that comes in contact with you, everyone you meet every day, this is the person Jesus is saying we must love. Now, sometimes it can be difficult. Yeah, you can be asking, how can I love? How can I love this person who has broken my heart? How can I love this person who has treated me so badly? How can I love this person? Remember, Jesus says, if you must be my disciple. Now, when Jesus said this, this, this is part of the things he was, he was trying to point out. If you have reflected. So following Jesus is a choice. It's a decision we have to make. And before we make that decision, we must have reflected. You know, you even as a human being, for you to make a decision, you must have reflected on the consequences that will follow from the decision you are going to make. So for us to make the decision of following Jesus, we also have to know the consequences that will follow. And this is what, one of the consequences. Loving radically. Loving radically, not just the way, the, 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 the eyes of the world. And Jesus said, if, if you love only those that love you, if you save your greetings, for those that love you. So what do you expect? And then he said, even the pagans do the same. Even the pagans do the same. Now look at the, the, the third parts of this scripture, the scripture passage we just looked at this evening. He says, by this, all men would know that you are my disciples when you love one another. So this is the mark of a true disciple of Jesus. Not just the person that love those that love him or her, not just the person that talk to those that talk to him or her, not just the person who is only interested in those who are interested in him or her, no, he says there has to be a difference between you, between I, as a child of God, as a Christian, and that person who does not believe. There has to be a difference. So if we do exactly the same thing uh, this other person who does not believe in God does, then there's no difference. So people should look at us, should come in contact with us, and they should feel a difference. It was, I think, uh, Pope, Pope, John, Pope John Paul II that said, you know, the, 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 the Bible, people who do not know about God, read, is our lives, your life and my life. The way we treat them, the way we treat them, they come in contact with us, they feel, even though they have not heard about God's love, even though they do not know what it means, that God loves us. They come in contact with us and they feel that love. Remember last week I talked about God's love being poured into our hearts. It has been lavished, lavishly poured into our hearts. So that love has not been poured into our hearts for it to stay there. It has to overflow into others. So others should come in contact with us and they feel that God's love radiating from us says, love one another as I have loved you. Let's move on to another uh, passage. And that is uh, John chapter 15, verse 12. Just to tell us how important this is to Jesus. Jesus didn't, he didn't just uh, keep emphasizing on love God, love God, love God. But he kept adding, love one another, love one another. By doing so, you Love God, because it's not possible for you to say, or for me to say, I love God and I don't love my fellow human beings. First letter of St. John, it says, if you say you love God and you hate your neighbor or your fellow human beings, you are a liar and you make God a liar. 
And then he asked this question, how can you say you love God that you have not even seen? And yet the, 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 the human being that you see, you say you don't love. It's a contradiction. How can you love? You love someone you have not seen. But this other person who is the image and likeness of the unseen God. So the unseen God we are seeing is this person close to you, sitting close to you, living next to you. Is this person who is in need, in need. That's God, you say it. So John chapter 15, in verse 12, it says, This is my commandments. He kept saying it. It's, it's a commandment. A commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You love one another as I have loved you. And in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11 to 12, it says, Beloved, you see, addressing us as beloved. There is this program I was invited to uh, think before COVID started. Um, it's a uh, uh, group of women from different parts of England, and they call it Beloved. Beloved. So they meet for almost like a week, and I was invited to, um, to anchor that program. And so each person, you are addressed as Beloved. So if, if your name is to be written, let's say it has to be Beloved, Helena, beloved, Alvan, beloved, this, you know. So they gather together to remind themselves that they are beloved, the beloved of God. And John addressed us. I remember there's a the passage that says it's a privilege. It's a privilege for us to be called the children of God. A privilege for us to be called the beloved of God. And he says, beloved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So when you when we begin to question, why should I love this person? Why should I love this person that has hurt, hurt me so much? Why should I love this person that is owing me so much money? Why should I love this person that has never said anything good about me? Why? Why should I love the person? He says, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now he says, no one has ever seen God. I have never seen God before. Even though I believe he is, he exists. Even though I feel his presence, but I've never seen him physically. But from what I feel, from what, you know, uh, I've experienced something tells me that he is, he exists. And he says, no one has ever seen God. And if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So God's love is made perfect in our lives when we love others. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, you see, a hundred times in the New Testament, love one another is mentioned. hundred times. Just make our time and read from Matthew to the book of Revelation and see. This was mentioned time and time again, just to tell us how important it is just to tell us that we can never claim to be Christians if we don't love one another. It's not possible. And then this will tell us, you know, when you say there is no place in heaven for a racist, that's, that's what it means. There is no place in heaven. Even if I'm, I become a bishop tomorrow and I'm a racist, there is no place in heaven for me. Even if I become Pope tomorrow, and I am a racist. I don't want to see others. There is no place in heaven for me. Because how, how, how? Because heaven, uh, uh, someone will paint the picture that we all will sit on the same table. 
we all we sit on the center table beholding the face of our loving father now come to think of it you 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 were invited for an occasion and then you got there and you met someone that you hate so much someone that you you don't want to see someone maybe that has hurt you so much that's all you think for the person is you know evil and then you went to this location and all of you you are meant to sit on the same table and behold lo and behold this same person your sworn enemy is sitting right there how are you going to feel definitely you're going to leave you're going to leave so that's what is going to happen so let's say we we, we eventually get to heaven and this same person that's I have sworn never to forgive this same person. I don't want to set my eyes on him or her. And this same person happens to be there. How am I going to feel? I will say, God, please, I don't think I can, I can, I can be here. And if I'm leaving, where am I going to? You see? So that's why Jesus kept emphasizing on this. You must, you must, if you must be my disciple, if you are going to follow me, you must love one another as I have loved you. There is no, there is no compromise. There is no two ways about it. It's either you decide to do it or you decide not to do it. But what is the best option? We have to. Yes, I'm not saying it because it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Yes, as human beings. Sometimes it is impossible. But remember, Jesus says, in the eyes of men, it is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. And that's why we say that love is divine. Love is divine. Love comes from God. And we can't love exactly the way God loves us. Out of our own strength. As human beings, we have to depend on him. So even when it becomes so difficult, even when it becomes so difficult that I have to love this person, I have to run to God. He's the one that gives me strength. And then he reminds me of his love for me, that he loved me unconditionally. He loved me even as a sinner, the scripture says that while we are still sinner, Christ died for us. Why did he die for us? For our sins to be cleansed, because of the love he has for us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Just all we need to do is to believe. Whoever believes in him will be saved. Just believe. You don't even need to do any, any other thing extraordinary. You know, so when we reflect on all these things, then we ask ourselves, if God should love us so unconditionally, so why shouldn't we love others? And in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the scripture says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And in the same Romans chapter 13, verse 8, he says, Owe no one anything except love for each other. I love this part of the scripture. Owe no one. Owe no one money. You know, owe no one. You can, you can owe someone money or but nothing else but love. That's the only thing we should owe anybody. I don't need to owe you money. I don't need to owe you whatever. The only thing I owe you as a child of God is money, is, is, is love. It's love. And in St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, so after going through these uh, passages, then we'll have to look at ways we can love one another. How can we love others? After looking at these scriptural passages, 
that emphasize on loving one another as we have loved. So in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, the scripture says, Now consigning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Now, Jesus did not just teach us to love one another. He, he demonstrated it. How? By climbing the wood of the cross. He showed us that love, practical love. Somewhere in the scriptures, I think St. Paul writes, and he says, let love be practical. Let love, you know, be put in action. So it's not just, you know, um, verbally saying it, but let it be put into action. And Jesus did not just preach about loving one another as he has loved us. He demonstrated it by climbing the wood of the cross, giving his life for us, for us to be saved. And in first, first Peter chapter 1, verse 22, 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 22, it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. I don't know who is listening to me this evening, and you may be saying, Oh, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not as easy as it sounds. As a human being, we all are human beings, you know, and we do have that feeling. Sometimes you see someone, maybe you remember what this person did to you years ago, and you'll feel like, ah, I don't want to see this person. I can never, you know, I can never love this, this, this type of person. But as children of God, and if... You, I, if our target is to see God face to face, if our main target is to go to heaven, then there is no other option. That's why Jesus said, you must, you must. This is like a visa to heaven, love. It's like the key that unlocks the door to heaven. Amen. Thank you, Father Alvin. Let's take a short music break, listeners, so we can take in all that love and loving one another. And do stay tuned. Coming up, Father Alvin's going to continue to share with us how we do that with a pure heart. But how else do we do that love one another? Stay tuned. This is Credo on Radio Maria. And tonight we have Father Alvin Iba sharing with us, love one another as God loves us. Father Alvin, thank you so much for giving us such a good ground, a good foundation of this new commandment that Jesus has given us. And how we can now continue, how do we actually enact that to take that love for one another? So we, I've got my notebook, I've got my Bible out, I'm ready to continue listening to you. Thank you, Father Alvin. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Elena. And welcome back, listeners. So we'll um, continue by um, looking at some practical ways we can love others. So maybe you are asking yourself now, oh, this is difficult. How am I going to love this person? How am I going to love someone I don't even know? How am I going to, you know, how can I show this love to um, others. So the first is um, encouraging them, encouraging others, encouraging others. When we encourage someone, we give them courage, we give them hope, we give them support. And encouraging others, it mustn't be, it mustn't be someone you know. It mustn't be someone you have, you know, you have anything to do with. You can just meet someone, you know, you know that this person has got you know, some problems, something weighing him or her down. Just a few words of encouragement can make 
you know, the person's day. A smile. Can, you don't even need to say anything. You know, you may meet someone, someone, um, one day I was going to work and I met a nurse, you know, uh, we were just working together and I think she said something and I responded by saying, you know, I said, I, I can't remember what I said now, I said something positive and he, he, she looked at me and said, you know what, you have given me a reason to be positive today. And, you know, I believe it must have, you know, encouraged her. You know, so you meet people, you don't know, we all have things going on in our lives. But I wouldn't because um, I have a lot of things going on in my life. I wouldn't, you know, want to encourage others. I don't need to be, you know, have everything working for me, for me to be able to encourage others. Even if I'm, 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 I'm feeling low, by encouraging another person, I, you know, you see, oh, I've made this person smile. And you can't make someone smile without smiling. You can't make someone happy without being happy. So even if you are feeling feeling low and you just said something to somebody and you you you, you know you noticed, ah, this person, this this thing I said has made this person feel good. You feel good yourself. So as you're giving, you are receiving also. So we have to encourage others, encourage one another. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, from verse 3 to 5. Now, God encourages us first. And the reason why he encourages us, the reason why he comforts us is for us to do the same to others. You see, the reason why God has loved us is for us to be able to love others. The reason why he has poured this love into our heart is that that love should, you know, overflow. It's just like Psalm 23, you know. My cup overflows. What is in that, in that cup? God's love. So he pours it overflowing so that it will overflow into others. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. So what we receive the scripture says we have received free of charge. We should be able to give. So my dear friends, my brother, my sister, try and encourage others. Encourage others by your words, the things you say. Don't say things that break others. Say things that build them. That's the mark of every true Christian. Don't say things that destroy others, say things that make them feel better. So every true child of God, someone should come to you, you know, uh, broken, but live better. So this is one of the ways we can show love to others. Secondly, <clears throat> pray for one another. Pray for one another. When we look at it, sometimes, most often, when we are praying, it's either we are praying for ourselves or praying for our family members or friends, those who are known to us. Just ask yourself this question, when was the last time you said a prayer for someone you have not met before? But just saying, God, I know someone somewhere is in need of your help. Someone somewhere, you know, there are children somewhere who, who, are, who are languishing in hunger. Look at the war going on here and there. You know, we talk about all these things, but how often do we make time to pray about them? We talk about them, but we don't pray about them. You know, uh, things are not going, going well in the country. Uh, uh, there is fear, anxiety everywhere about what's going to happen during the winter. Everyone is talking about it. It is everywhere in the news. 
But how many of us are pray, praying about it? And even that person who has hurt you so much, hurt you so badly, have you ever prayed for that person and say, you know, God, I know, just like Jesus did on the cross, he prayed for his enemies, for his his mother, for those who, 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 who hung him there. He prayed for them. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And thirdly, we should act humbly towards others. It was C.S. Lewis that said that humility is not thinking less of you, but thinking of you less. Humility is not thinking less of you. So not just you know uh, looking down on yourself, but thinking less of you and thinking more of others. So it takes a humble person to think less of himself or herself and more of others. You got the psalmist said, who, who am I, Lord, that you should be mindful of me? God is always mindful of us. Even when we're not thinking of him, he is always thinking of us. So one of the ways we should show love to others is, you know, acting humbly towards them. Acting humbly towards them. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, the scripture says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And then number four, we have to be hospitable. Hospitable. You know, showing love, not just to people you know, but to those who you don't know. There should be no discrimination. There should be no limits to our love. We should be open to help others. Even when you know, we're not expecting anything from them. Sacrificial love. There can never be love without sacrifice. And it's because of that love that Jesus had to sacrifice his own life. So every child of God must have to be ready to sacrifice. We have to be ready to also sacrifice our own life for others. The scripture says, I think you uh, uh, St. Peter, he said, Christ suffered for us, leaving for us an example to follow. He has, he has left for us an example to follow, example of love. So we should be able to do the same. So we should learn to welcome everybody, everyone, and treat them with kindness and respect, notwithstanding where they come from, notwithstanding their belief, notwithstanding uh, uh, their tribe, their country, their color, whoever they are. Let's see everyone as children of God. And that is what we are. The scripture says, let's see everyone and treat everyone with respect. That's love, practical love. When the scripture says love must be put into action, that's what it is. I met someone, um, uh, one of my work days at the hospital and I, we are talking and, and she said to me, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not religious. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. These are two different things. Somebody can be religious, but not spiritual. And she says, I love practical love. Most religious people, they just talk about love and love, love but far from it. They don't show anything. Well, I believe in practical love. It's touched me. It's touched me. So she said, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And that's what God wants us to be. Not just, you know, keeping the rules as it is, but then living out the main thing that God wants from us.
in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, the scripture says, love one another with brotherly affection. I've already quoted this before. Outdo one another in showing honor. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 7, it says, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. On 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, the scripture says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So my dear friends, we must uh, be ready to welcome one another. And let's ask God, you know, in the prayer to the Holy Spirit, we normally say, we always say, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. We need to pray for that fire to be burning in our hearts. That passion to love one another just as Christ has loved us. And number five, we have to serve others with love. We have to serve others with love. You know, to love others is to serve them. And that's what Jesus taught us. He practicalized it. On that same day, when he said, a new commandments I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. After saying that, he had to wash the disciples' feet. And he says, do to others what I have done to you. And Jesus said, I have not come to be served, but I have come to serve and give my life as a ransom for others. And in John chapter 13, verse 14, it says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. This is Jesus demonstrating what it means to serve. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good servants of God's varied grace. So whatever God has given to us, the way we show that love, the love he showed to us by giving us whatever he has given to us, is to use the same thing he has given to us in service of others. Another point is we have to show love with forgiveness. There can never be love without forgiveness. It's not possible. Because when we genuinely love others, then we have to forgive them. Because God loves us. He forgives us whenever we genuinely ask for it. So forgiveness is an expression of love. Because there cannot, I say again, there cannot be love without forgiveness. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, the scripture says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, the scripture says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And the last point I want to give us this evening is don't speak ill of others, what we call bad-mouthing. The scripture says, if you don't have anything good to say about your brother or your sister, just keep quiet. Yeah, sometimes we... It's difficult for us to um, keep quiet. It's difficult for us to shut our mouth. We see ourselves, you know, saying nasty things about others. It's not a sign of love. It's not a sign of love. So complaining, speaking ill of others, insulting them, and gossiping, these things does not show love. The scripture says that if you say you love someone, you cannot think anything evil for the person. So, 
these few points, I think, should encourage us and give us a reason why we must have to forgive, why we must have to love others as God has loved us. Thank you, Father Alvin. Oh, I love it when it ends with practical tips. <laughs> Thank you, Father Alvin. Listeners, We, uh, it is now your turn. Would you like to call in and share your practical tips? If you're like, oh, Father Alvin, you forgot number eight or number nine, give us a call. Or if you have any questions for Father Alvin, perhaps, Father Alvin, how do you keep it so cool-headed about loving one another? Well, any questions you may have, please do call. The studio lines are open. The number is 01223-375-5. Six four. I was down in the valley before love came and grabbed me. Never thought I'd see the sun again. Without no hesitation, you became my resurrection. All the light that came shining in, and I got beautiful ashes, and I got joy for morning, and I got praise for heaviness. Love is a miracle. I got beauty for ashes, and I got joy for morning, and I got praise for heaviness. Love is a miracle.
got rivers ever flowing, and I've got freedom and I'm dancing. Love is a miracle. Oh, a miracle word. Listeners, you do have just a few minutes left that you can call in if you'd like to share with us, share with your fellow family about loving one another and this commandment. The number is Thank you, listeners. Father Alvin, we have just enough time for you to uh, finish off our program with a prayer. Thank you again for sharing with us. I do want to say that you have given us instructions (laughs) to go home, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to act humbly, to be hospitable, to serve others with love, to forgive, to don't speak ill. And I want to share with you, Father Alvin, one thing. Um, we have heard on Radio Maria uh, these testimonies of people that have really, they just thought, oh, I'm just Joe Schmo. I miss nobody in the parish. But it just took one person to say, hey, could you help with this? Or, hey, I think you could help with First Communion classes. Or, hey, could you help with the tea? And it was just this little bit of encouragement, this little asking that has made this person's heart open and discover all these things inside of them that they can do and that they can offer people. They just needed one person to ask, to ask. So listeners, encourage and ask and ask. I think Father Luke, just one more thing. Do you know Father Luke Goimer, Father Alvin? Of course. <laughs> so I had asked, I, I just assume that all priests must have become, must have started off as altar boys, right? Were you an altar server? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. So that's, I asked, that's how, yeah. so I yeah. asked Father Luke and he said, oh, no, I just never got asked to be a an altar server. So I never got to do that. And that's a bit sad for him. So, so listeners, mm-hmm. ask and encourage one another and it'll be beautiful. That's my little story for you, Father Alvin. <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely one. <laughs> Good. All right. So, we'll have to say a prayer, right? Yes, please. Yes, please. So, I don't know who, <clears throat> who has listened um, this evening and maybe someone somewhere you already battling with a lot of things in your mind right now. Someone is coming to your mind, someone who has hurt you, and you have sworn never to forgive this person, and someone who has done something that you know has made you to say, There's, I have no love for this person at all. <clears throat> and having heard this, this word, this evening that if we actually want to see God face to face, if we want to uh, enter into his kingdom, then we should let go and let God be in our hearts. 
whoever you are, wherever you are right now, just know with God, nothing is impossible. With God, you can love again. <clears throat> so just lift whoever it is that has hurt you so much, whoever you can remember at this moment. Maybe your heart is still bleeding, the wound is still fresh, but God is the healer. And he can heal every wounded heart. He can heal every broken heart. And Heavenly Father, we just lift up to you all these our brothers and sisters, wherever they are, whoever that have listened this evening that is feeling hurt. But we just pray for your healing hands upon them right now. As you just touch them, that they will experience your healing power. Let that broken heart be healed. May they experience your loving presence around them. Because we know we can't give what we don't have. And Lord, we just pray that you pour afresh in their hearts your love. That very soon, Almighty God, they will come to testify your goodness and love. For anyone finding it difficult to forgive, Lord, we just pray that you remind us once again that you have forgiven us and that we have to forgive others. Heavenly Father, even as we sleep this night, we ask for your angelic presence around us and may you continue to bless us. And may the word we have heard this evening be a fruit in abundance. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May the mighty God bless, guide, and protect you wherever they are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, Father Alvin. Amen.